What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Rants and Revelation with me, your boy, Alex Rudinger. And good morning to you. It is early for me uh, because historically I do this podcast in the wee hours of the morning at like 2, 3 in the morning. And right now it is, uh, let's see, 8.45 a.m. I've been up since about 7.15. And uh, I was thinking, hey, you know what? I have some time alone at the moment. I feel pretty good. Why don't I do an early episode? So that's what I'm doing. Uh, It's been about a month since my last episode. Uh, I know I said I was going to try to do them more, but as per usual, I end up taking longer than I say I'm gonna. One of these days, maybe I'll be more consistent. In the meantime, you know, I'll do it as often as I can. Hopefully not, you know, months and months of breaks. Instead, just a month at the most, but we'll see. It's honestly been hard. Uh, like I said in my last episode, though, it's just different for me right now because I have less solitude than I have historically. I'm living with my girlfriend, and, uh, you know, in the past, when I was living at my mom's, you know, my mom works from home, so she was kind of always there, but, uh, you know, at night she would go up, and there's two stories separating us, so I, you know, felt even though I wasn't completely alone in the house, it would kind of feel like I was. And uh, I think sometimes for me to do my podcast, I need to like feel like I'm alone, um, you know, unless I have like a guest on or something like that. But uh, yeah. Anyway, I have a nice bit of time right now because uh, our dog Paisley, well, it's Lee's dog. Um, I shouldn't say our dog because it is her dog. I've just become quite fond of it. And uh, she's still sleeping. That dog... I guess it's an American bully. It sleeps more than that breed, apparently, in general. Sleeps an outrageous amount. It's crazy. <laughs> like, she'll be awake and, like, at 100% energy for, like, 30 to 45 minutes, and then she's just, like, down for, like, <laughs> I don't know, a couple hours or something. And uh, she usually goes to bed around 8.30 or 9 at night, and sleeps until about 10 a.m. the next day. Um, And usually when we get her up around 10, she is stubborn to get up. Like, she wants to sleep more. It's crazy. That breed sleeps a lot. But she's still sleeping right now. And my girlfriend actually went out uh, with her mom to potentially pick up a new car um, that she's buying, like a used car. So that's also rad. But I have a few hours here. Um, I need to do some transcribing work, and I figured I'd do a quick episode of the podcast. Uh, Since the last time I spoke to you all, what have I even been doing? Well, it was kind of a busy month with, uh, you know, just usual life things. This is like a busy time of year. I mean, it's November. What is it right now? November 29th. Um, So early in November was uh one of lee's best friend's birthday uh samantha and we had planned like a big thing for her because they're really close and uh we went out and did some stuff for her and hung out with a bunch of her friends it was it was a really nice time actually i really enjoyed it and but then like the following weekend was my birthday uh except we both got sick. Lee and I both got sick and we don't really know what we had. It was not COVID. We actually think it was the flu, but because we both got our flu vaccines, we think maybe it, it was the flu, but just like hit us not as hard because apparently the flu this year, at least in the area I live is in fact pretty crazy. Uh, like it's apparently pretty bad. So we were thinking maybe it was that we don't really know though. So it it did hit her harder than me, but she's like kind of immune compromised. Um, so that makes sense. But yeah, there was a few days there, uh, for me that I really wasn't feeling that good. And because her and I were both sick, we, she was planning a big birthday party thing for me and we ended up having to reschedule it because of being sick uh but then we rescheduled it you know for the week of thanksgiving um so less people could come but it was still really lovely so we did you know after we were feeling better we did my little birthday thing and then it was thanksgiving and then there was like a friendsgiving thing and 
it's just kind of a crazy time of year. You know, it seems like every weekend we've had stuff going on. Um, but it's been pretty good. Otherwise, um, music-wise, I've been drumming as much as I can, which is still pretty much every day. I'd say I take a day or two off more frequently than I used to, which is frankly probably good for me. Um, I think in the past, I mean, there have been years where I don't ever take a day off. I play every day. And uh, I'd say in more recent years, even before I was living over here, I would take a day off periodically. And now I would say I take one to two days off over the course of 10 to 14 days, you know. Um, And then there are definitely days within an amount of time like that where maybe I don't take a full day off, but I drive into Frederick to my mom's place and I just play for a couple hours and do something shorter, kind of just as maintenance. Um, But I'd say, honestly, considering I don't live in the exact location that I drum anymore, um, I'm still drumming almost as much, which is good. And hopefully, I don't know, you know, things are really good with my relationship and we're not in any rush, but we'll see what happens. I mean, we're going to give it time and, and all that, but hopefully eventually we'll have like our own place that I can, you know, drum in. So we'll see. Finances are tight. Things are expensive right now. Groceries especially are what's killing me lately, but what can you do? That's life. Uh, what else is going on? I turned 31, big 3-1. I'm officially into my 30s now, and I did really have a lovely birthday party. Um, Some of Lee's friends came out. A couple of my friends came out. Um, Anoop was super sad to miss it. He had something come up, and we had to reschedule the date, and he couldn't make the rescheduled date, so he couldn't make it, unfortunately, but that's okay. Um, He was there in spirit, and uh, some of my family came out that Lee hadn't met which I was actually a little bit nervous about, but it went well. And uh, yeah, it was nice all around. Good birthday. It was very chill. And that's kind of how I like my birthday. I'm not a big partier, as you all know. And uh, yeah. So anyway, um, I don't know. It's been a good month for the most part. I can't complain. Been drumming. Uh, The Jared Dines album that I played on, well, five tracks on, that came out. I put up a drum video for it. I found a couple really old drum videos, like this one that Naveen wrote. Um, I uploaded that, and I have a few more like that, like throwback videos that I never posted from a long time ago. So I'm going to put those up as well. Uh, I'm going to upload another one of the Jared Dines ones this week. Uh, but yeah, I'm really happy with that album. I was happy to be a part of it. Uh, I did a session in the last month for another YouTuber, uh, Rob Scallon, I tracked a song for him that's like a pretty tech song, actually. I don't know when that's going to come out. Um, it's like, I basically recorded video and audio for him and sent him all the files, and he's doing something with it. So, And then I have a couple other little sessions. Uh, one potentially bigger one in December. I'm working out some details on another one, and... Uh, I do in the next week, I'm going to track this uh, simpler rock song for an artist, which I'm actually kind of stoked about because a lot of the times when I do session stuff, it's more tech stuff. And this this guy that lives here in Maryland hit me up and uh, it's basically just like a rock song, but I'm kind of stoked on that because I'll be able to like tune the drums up um, to sound a bit fatter, especially the snare and try to just get some big drum tones, you know, so That'll be fun as well, but right now, uh, I feel fortunate that I've been, all of, everything I just mentioned is recording session work, and I feel fortunate that lately I've been able to, uh, stay pretty busy with that stuff. I mean, that's what's been really getting me by, uh, month to month lately is some of the recording session work and whatnot, so that's been really cool. Um, I haven't really had more time to think about whether or not I want to try and do Twitch streaming and that sort of thing. Um, I don't know. The more I think about it, the more I feel like I don't want to do that, but we'll see. You know, I I don't know if I feel like I might need to have a bigger or a space that's not my mom's basement. That's more isolated. 
to be able to do that kind of thing. Um, Cause now that my mom and her husband are living there, I don't know. It's just harder. My sister has two little kids. They stop by constantly. They always want to come in the basement and I don't know. I could probably do it. I'm probably just making excuses cause I don't really want to do it that much, but we'll see. So yeah, I don't know. I feel like there was some other important stuff I was going to tell y'all, but I can't remember what. So that's okay. I'm just going to keep on ranting because that's what I do here. Am I right? <laughs> oh, all right. Um, man, I should have made another coffee before I started this, but here we are. So yeah, pretty good. I don't know. Last few weeks. Still don't really know what I'm doing. Big picture. Uh, right now I'm just kind of seeing what happens. You know, I haven't had any big gig offers or anything like that. Um, I mean, recording stuff and that's about it. So I'm just trying to stay busy with that stuff. And, uh, you know, I have quite a number of YouTube videos kind of on deck to upload in the coming months. And I'm trying to be more consistent with my uploads, like doing one a week. I didn't last week cause it was Thanksgiving and stuff, but, uh, right now for the next while, I'm going to try to do one a week. And, uh, yeah, so I'm not too worried about that. Um, at the moment, I'm going to get some more... I'm planning out some other ones that I want to do and whatnot, so I'll probably get on that soon as well. But, um, you know, I have some content, and I'm just trying to stay busy and productive and enjoy life as much as I can at the moment. And uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I keep trying to tell myself that anything could happen and that at any point in the coming weeks, I could get a gig offer that's the gig of my lifetime or something else could happen or who knows you know so yeah that's the whole story um let's see in the last episode i said i was going to answer some questions from when i posted up an instagram story saying if anyone has any questions to ask them so i have some screenshotted these are from a while ago but i figured they're still saved on my phone so what the hell um Let's see, where should we start? Ah, Declan. <laughs> Declan asked me what my favorite snare is. Well, because it's you asking, Declan, the snare you built me is my favorite. Am I right? Uh, which is a 14 by 7 cast bronze with bronze hoops uh, and 45 degree bearing edges. It's a Cussworth snare that Declan built. Um, beautiful drum. I would say, actually, though, it's a tie between that and my Tama Reissue Bell Brass, uh, which is also a bronze drum, different bearing edges, more rounded, and a half-inch shallower. It's a 14 by 6.5 as opposed to the snare that Declan built me is a 14 by 7 but both very similar drums. Um, I just like brass and bronze for snares, you know? Right now, the last week or so, I've actually been using uh, my 14 by 7 John Tempesta, which, uh, am I correct in thinking? I think that's a two millimeter brass. I haven't thought about it in a while, and it's too early for me to say that with confidence, but I'm pretty sure it's a two millimeter brass snare. Um, and that's a great drum as well. But anyway, let's see what else we got. Alex Kennedy Drums asked, what's the most terrifying gear malfunction or break that's happened to you on stage? That's tough. I think I've told the story before about when I broke a spring playing with the faceless and I managed to run to the backstage, grab a new spring and change a spring on my pedals in like less than five minutes. And ever since then, I take a set of backup pedals with me. I'd say that was a scary one, but I don't know if that's the scariest because I actually handled it really well. And I, I almost wasn't scared or stressed it was like uh i don't know you know we just i just handled it like i didn't have time to freak out i just got up and dealt with it so that was one but i don't know if it really counts um the other two that come to mind i guess would both be with whitechapel once was when for some reason my wireless pack was getting a crazy amount of interference. And I, I mean, there were points where it would like cut out for seconds and, you know, I wouldn't have click or anything and it would come back in and I would still be on with it, but it was very stressful. And 
I got through the show, but we found out after that something had happened with the antenna on my unit, and that's why it was doing that. But that was incredibly stressful. I think that was the show that that happened at was in LA, which made it even more stressful because LA shows already stress me out. I mean, they're industry shows, you know, it's like everyone, a lot of the time your drum reps come out. Uh, there's usually a ton of friends there, label people. So that was a stressful one. And then the other time was in, I think it was France in Hellfest with Whitechapel um, it was a summer, the summer festival circuit thing, and it was so hot on stage. I think that was like the record hottest summer Europe had had in like a hundred years. And, uh, the laptop was in direct sunlight and we basically went to start the show and the laptop was too hot. It was like one of the, that's the problem with those super, super thin MacBooks. Um, it was just too hot, you know? I mean, even if it had been an older MacBook that was a little thicker, it might have been too hot because it was crazy hot. And the MacBook was so overheated, we literally couldn't even get it to function. We couldn't get Logic to open. That's what Whitechapel uses. And we had never played together without Click. Like, none of us had ever done that in that band. And we did not have time to troubleshoot it or anything. So it was just like, okay... Fucking, you got to wing it in front of like, I don't know, 60,000 people or however. I don't know if it was that many. It might have been. I don't know. I think I think that was one of the bigger ones. I think it was Hellfest. But I just know it was one of the bigger festivals. And that entire show, you know what, here, let me look it up. That entire show is on YouTube. The It's the only show I've played without a click in like God knows how long. I think I've talked about it before. Um, let's see. Maybe it wasn't Hellfest. Maybe it was... Oh, Bloodstock. Was that it? Yeah. Wait, no. Wait. I can't tell if I'm in this. <laughs> Hold on. Let me see. Is that me? No, that's not even me. Okay. That's, that's too old. Maybe it was Hellfest. Was it Full Force? Hold on, we gotta see what's going on here. Oh, you know what? I think this is it. I wanna say, I think it was Full Force. I think so. There's a whole set of it on YouTube. Um, yeah, it had to have been this. I think that's what it was. Full Force. I think. I don't know. It might be, but... I think I'm pretty sure that's it. I'm wearing sunglasses in it. I think that's the one, but it was very stressful because none of us had played. And I think the rest of the guys in the band were like, they had no idea if I could even do that. Like they had no idea what my tempo would be like without click. Um, and they were all, I remember like after we got through the first song, like Wade coming up on the drum riser or coming over to me and he was like, yeah, like making faces like he was stoked. Cause I think they were all like, Oh shit. No, Rudy's handling it. You know? He's still, and I guess like the thing is, I think my tempo without click is actually pretty good because I play to a click so much that like, you know, when I'm drumming, like I kind of know what B, what certain BPMs feel like, you know, like I'll be, there are times actually where I'll start like kicking with my feet when I'm about to start, you know, a part of my warm up. And I won't even have turned the metronome on yet. I'll just start kicking. And I'm like, okay, I know I'm about to play at 180 BPM. So I start kicking and I like moments, like literally it's just a couple seconds, but like a, I, for some reason will kick first and then hit start on the metronome. And I'm just on with it. Like, even though I started a couple beats earlier, it's like my body just knows what 180 feels like because it's been a part of my warm up for over 15 years well maybe not 15 but well yeah actually pretty close at least 10 so you know it's like i think i know what certain bpms feel like to my body and that helps my tempo stay very consistent even if i'm not on a click i do prefer playing to a click live i mean i just like it you know i've done it for so long i know there are a lot of old school cats that are super against that but 
sorry, plan to a click is sick. I'm sorry. It's just, it's rad. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. That was probably one of the more terrifying ones, though, Mr. Alex Kennedy drums. Just because, I don't know, it was uncertain and none of us had ever done it. Like, you know, there, there was a part in a revocation song when I toured with them that we played to a click, but then Dave wanted to be able to like feel out this guitar break. So I would basically play the song with click up till that point and then stop the click. And then, uh, he would just kind of like play this part, how he felt. And I would kind of like pop out an in-ear and play with him for the rest of the song. But for any like pauses or anything that would come up from there, you know, I would know where they were kind of what to expect, what, what the rest of the guys would need me to count in, you know, for them since there wasn't a click, et cetera, et cetera. And with Whitechapel, like we hadn't worked any of that stuff out, you know, so I just kind of had to on the fly be like, okay, this part is a clean guitar part. So I better keep the hi-hat chicken, you know, or something. I better do something to keep the tempo, um, you know, that sort of thing. So yeah, but it all worked out pretty well. Um, Let's move on here. AL underscore XD asked me, you dunking your wings in ranch or blue cheese? Uh, I don't really get wings very much, but if I was going to eat them, to be honest, I'm eating less and less meat all the time. Uh, Lee primarily eats vegan. She's not a strict vegan. Like She will occasionally have some dairy and stuff, but because of her health, like having EDS, it actually really helps her to not eat meat. So it's mostly a health thing. Um, and she'll eat like certain dairy or meat things, um, like on special occasions. But, uh, yeah, so I'm personally not really, I, I'm not really eating meat that much either. And I've come to prefer oat milk <laughs> over regular milk. So, uh, I'm not really drinking too much milk in my coffee anymore either. Um, and also the couple of the ways that she showed me how, when we were first dating, how to prepare tofu in different ways. And now I've gotten good at it with like cornstarch and also different kinds of gluten-free panko that we use. Um, oh man, like it's amazing. Like I, I love cooking tofu. Um, but anyway, when I do, I, I'm not like a strict vegetarian, obviously, and is what I'm getting at. I eat more vegetarian or even close to vegan nowadays, but, uh, I will still eat meat if, you know, I don't know if it's something I really want. And if I were to get wings, I would be dipping them in ranch. So there you go, buddy. Let's see what else. Um, do you actively seek all your opportunities or do they usually come to you? If so, how that's from Alex Saddler set saddle, Alex Saddler on drums, I think is his name. And then he also said, also, you're cool, LOL. Thank you. I appreciate that. And from one Alex to another, you are also cool. Am I right? Um, and to answer your question, <clears throat> I don't know. It's, it's both. You know, I know I've talked, in bef I've talked before about how um, when I was younger, especially... I actively sought out, is that a word, sought? It's too early for me to say certain words, I guess. But when I was younger, I would actively seek out um, opportunities. Like I would check up on metal news sites like Metal Sucks and Lamb Goat and Blabbermouth and all those sites. I mean, there's dozens. Um, I would check up on those sites and just try to find anything about a drummer leaving a band and even if a drummer, like, or even if a band, a lot of the times bands won't announce that they, you know, lost a member until they already have a replacement. But if there wasn't any word of a replacement in the post, you know, I would just make a video and send it to them. And I have a lot of videos that I never posted of me auditioning for bands that way. So I would kind of go out of my way to look for stuff. That's actually how I got the threat signal gig, which was really my foot in the door. Um, so that's the thing. Like they actually posted that they had parted ways with their drummer and they said in their post, like we're looking for 
a fill-in for this next European tour, and I made videos, and that was that. So, yeah, I mean, I did actively seek out opportunities, and then in time, um, you know, I guess the more you do the you get a little bit more recognition and more well-known. And at that point I started getting asked to do certain things at some point, but I still did actively seek out opportunities too, even in recent years. I mean, the Whitechapel gig, you know, at different points, uh, I had been asked to fill in for them. I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before as well, but I'd been asked to fill in for them and, it just never worked out. Like one of the times I had a good tiger tour. Uh, one of the times I, I don't know, there was a couple different times where I was going to fill in for them and it just didn't work out for whatever reason. And, uh, the stars had just never aligned. And I knew that they had a fill in at the time, but they hadn't announced any permanent replacement or anything. So when I actually started playing with them, it was because I, you know, months earlier, I had been done with Good Tiger for a while, you know, not playing with them anymore, at least, I mean, and uh, I actually texted Zach, and I was like, yo, dude, you know, I know you guys have a fill-in, I don't know if he's full-time or anything like that, and I know we've kind of almost worked together before, but and it never quite worked out, but if you, uh, if you guys want to potentially try someone else out, I just want you to know I'm available now and kind of looking for work, and I'd love to work with you guys finally if I can. So I just thought I'd mention it, and ultimately, you know, I guess he talked to them, and that's really what happened. I made some videos, even though, you know, they'd already seen me play, but I know they were, like, on tour or something at the time, and I was at home, so I made some videos just to show them, you know, that I was indeed serious about trying to play with them, and yeah, that was pretty much it. So that was a good example of even though, you know, I was pretty far into my career at that point, I actively was like, this is something I want to do, and I should seek it out. So it kind of goes both ways, you know, I think it doesn't really matter what level you get to. it can always be good to try and seek out opportunities and show initiative. So, you know, it doesn't matter if you're the most popular artist in the world or whatever, you know, you can seek out opportunities still and try to create them for yourself. And then there's going to be times where, you know, you might just get asked to do something and that's incredibly flattering and can be great too. So I'd say it goes both ways. Um, Mr. Alex Sadler on drums. And let's see. The Andrew Hutton asked, what Faceless album did you play on? To answer that, none. I did not play on any Faceless album. Um, I was... Here, let me take a sip of water. Hold on. Ah, that is very refreshing at the moment. Um, I played for the Faceless between Autotheism and whatever the album after that is in becoming a ghost or something like that i don't know um i basically toured with them like right when autotheism came out for like two years and i think there was another couple of years before that next album came out but i did not play on any album so um let's see eduardo dot asked what is your favorite time signature and why uh I'd probably say like seven four because for an odd time it feels very natural and you can do some really cool turnarounds with it where you know the pulse kind of switches to the upbeat in a very natural way and then it kind of is right back on the downbeat a bar later. I don't know. I mean, I'd say overall probably just four four because there's so much you can do with it. But if I have to choose like something slightly more unique, I'd say seven four because. It just feels very natural to me. Um, A good example of some of that is I really like how Aaron Smith, um, who wrote some of the songs for that Jared Dydens album I just did, he really likes writing in 7-4. And he says, him and I have talked about that, actually, how he kind of will just, without intentionally doing it at all, he'll write stuff in 7-4. It just is something that seems really natural to him. In fact, 
One of the songs has a bunch of 7-4 in it. I can't remember which one. Maybe, uh, crap. I only know the working titles of all the songs. <laughs> I can't remember what the actual one is, but one of them has an entire, like, midsection in 7-4. Uh, Blood Letter, I think, is the actual song. It was a different song, the working title. But anyway, yeah, I'd say, like, 7-4 or just 4-4, you know. Um, let's see... Eric underscore Palusi. How long did it take you to learn Xenochrist back in the day? Um, I honestly don't remember. Like, ugh. if you count, like, uh, the amount of time it took me to transcribe it and stuff, I don't know, probably a while, like a couple weeks, maybe more to get it to, like, performance tempo. Like, I, it's the kind of thing where, like, a song like that I could learn it pretty quickly, but the thing that really makes that song even more challenging is the speed. And uh, at the time, especially, that was like the peak of my speed. Still is. I mean, I can't even, I can't go that fast right now, you know, at all. I mean, I mean, I can get close, but like not in the way. I'm not conditioned to play that kind of music right now. Um, but I'd say the thing that makes it more difficult is the speed. So even if you get the song learned and fully internalized, I would probably need time to get it conditioned up to performance tempo, which if I recall correctly, most of that song, if not all of it sits at 240 BPM. So it's a fast song. Um, honestly, man, it's been so long. I can't really remember, but you know, you can learn stuff fast if you really want to. Um, it's all about how much time you put in. I mean, before the first, shows I ever played with the faceless from the time I got confirmation that I was doing it to the first show was like less than two weeks. So I learned a set in less than two weeks and it was like the hardest shit I'd ever done. Um, I was very motivated at the time. So like I made it happen and it was also a shortened set. It was like a headline set, but we did only like eight or nine songs. So it was tough even that, though. That kind of music to learn eight or nine songs in less than two weeks was a huge challenge for me. Um, let's see. How is how's it going with the lady in your life that's from All Boy Shade Brass? I don't, I don't know how to read half these names. I'm sorry, guys. Um, I've talked about that uh, in the last episode as well as this one already um my relationship's been really good i think it's like i said in the last episode the first healthy relationship i've ever had and i'm very happy about that it's been lovely um it's good communication we have a lot of fun a lot of common interest because we're both in the arts and yeah i don't know it's been really good so i i really can't say enough good about it i mean that's why in truth, it's why I think I've been less active on things like the podcast because I've just been, I don't know, for the first time in my life, kind of enjoying a different side of my life. You know, something that I feel that I kind of deserve in that, like, I, you know, I kind of, I think I neglected my personal life for a long time. So to actually put some proper time into it right now feels good, you know? Um, and relationships are a lot of work too. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but like, you know, you have to put time into it and enjoy it as well. And like, you know, do activities and just do stuff and that's fun, you know? So it's good. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just, uh, it's been really good. Thank you kindly for asking. I appreciate that very much. Um, let's see. Which e-drum do you recommend for practice? That's from Seb Goggs, I think, is how you might say that. I don't really use electronic drum kits, so I'm not the guy to ask. I mean, I have a two-box kit. I had it set up for a while. It was fun, but, like, a lot of the times... It's funny, Anoop and I both feel this way, I think. Him and I have talked about this in the past, at least. Um, if I'm going to practice on a not-real kit... I would almost rather just practice with pads, like a pad kit, like that new, that newer Tama kit. That's like the true tone thing or whatever, where the pads are like 
they have some tone to them. Like I like the way a pad kit sounds like the symbols, obviously if you're just hitting like a symbol pad or whatever, it doesn't have the sound of a real symbol at all. But if you're mostly focusing on just like, I don't know if that's not as much of a focus, if you have like a hi hat pad and just like a kick pad, a snare pad, or not even a snare pad, just a regular pad for the snare and then some tom pads, the attack and stuff. I don't know. It's very pleasing to play. So a lot of the times I don't even want to practice, you know, with an E kit if I had one. Now, if I did have like a TD 20 or 30 or whatever they're at now or something really high end like that, uh, not that the two box isn't high end. It is. And I love it. I use the two box every day. That's what I trigger my kick with. Um, but the, I think for me, the two box as a company, the brain itself and the parameters for kick triggering is what I really love about it. Um, but I, and it, it is a high end brain, but I think the Rollins are kind of undeniably like, that's all, that's like their specialty, you know? And I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> maybe if I had one, I would experiment more with it and come to use it a lot more and, and really enjoy it. But they're also incredibly expensive. I've heard it's very hard to get a Roland endorsement. I think even if I got a Roland endorsement, I wouldn't be active enough as an artist or big enough as an artist. Cause they have huge name guys to qualify for like getting one for free. And I have a feeling that even discounted, it would be more than I could <laughs> afford. Um, or even want to afford for something I'm not sure I would use all that much, you know? So, I don't know. It's hard for me to say, but wait, I don't even remember. Yeah. Okay. So the question was, which e-drum do you recommend for practice? Honestly, man, I don't, I don't really know. I would be more inclined to just practice on pads. Um, but I have heard nothing but good things about the Roland kits. So that might be something worth looking into. I'd imagine that at this point, even their lower end stuff is, uh, still really good. And I don't think two box even makes their electronic kit anymore, but if you can find one, I really loved playing on that thing too, just for fun. Now, ultimately I didn't love it enough to use it all the time because I ended up just taking it down, but that wasn't because it's not as good. It's just because I don't really like playing on e-kits that much. Um, favorite pop tart flavor from Dylan Snyder 96. Oh shit, dude. That's a tough one. I don't know. There's so many Pop-Tart flavors and I don't really eat Pop-Tarts anymore. But from when I was a child, the first thing that comes to mind is just like the brown sugar ones. So I'll probably just go with that. That's a flavor, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, probably that. I'll just go with that. Um, it's too bad you didn't ask like what Oreo flavor because man, do I love Oreos. And I'm not going to lie, guys. This might not be a popular opinion, but... I think the golden Oreos are better than the original Oreos. I just, I really do. I think they're amazing. I like them better. And usually I like chocolate better than anything vanilla or whatever. But the, the golden Oreos, that's where it's at. Golden double stuffed Oreos are the shit. So yeah, take that for what it is. Um, what do you do for recovery after a long sesh? That's from Oregon. Oregon A Grown, Organa Grown or something, I guess. Um, I don't know what you mean by a sesh, like a gym sesh or a recording session or just a long day. I don't know. I'm really bad about stretching. I don't really stretch post working out. Uh, Lee has kind of gotten me into stretching a little bit more but normally it's before or during a workout like if we're doing pilates um i don't know i just kind of like stop and chill and drink water and <laughs> whether it's gym or i don't know i don't really do anything special i mean yeah i just don't really to be totally honest um i do a lot of stretching and warming up um like before i practice or before I work out, although I think even for working out, I don't do as much as some people do for my warm up, but for drums, I definitely do. And, uh, yeah. So anyway, let's see what else we got. Um, 
I'm just reading the different ones. Hold on, let me see. Because, I mean, not that I don't want to answer everyone's, but some of them are stuff like I know I've answered before. Or some of them are just people saying, like, like this gentleman said, uh, just saying, what up? Keep the good, keep up the good work, brother, from Jason Root Music. And I appreciate that. Thank you kindly. Um, but obviously, like, I'm not going to, uh, for all of the ones like that, I'm not going to say them all. I'm just kind of, like, going through. Um... <clears throat> What is your favorite type? Oh, wait, no, I think I did answer that one. That's from Brody. It was about the the symbol wing nuts. And then I answered his question <laughs> and I, I put it in my story with like the little metal wing nuts that I, I don't know if you saw my story back when I first asked about this. I basically found these metal wing nuts by like some no name brand on Amazon and they're great. They're like the best wing nuts I've ever used. Like, for starters, they're made of metal. They have like a little quick release button. They stay on really well. They don't spin. And they're like, they are kind of expensive. They're like almost 15 or 20 bucks each. But I literally, they, they just work. Oh, holy shit. Hold on. Y'all, I just saw the biggest house centipede just crawling on the wall. Oh, there it is. Oh, shit. I can't get to it. It's behind my desk. Oh, it's terrifying. I don't know if it depends on where you are in the world, but look up like a house centipede. That's weird. You know, it's nine thirty. They're nocturnal, actually. Uh, they're very disgusting looking. They have a jillion legs. They're fast as shit. But it's weird that there it's nine thirty and there's one out right now because normally you only see them at night. Um, they're terrifying looking. They cannot hurt humans, and in fact, I usually let them. If I see them and they're not bothering me or if they're kind of far away, I, I will let them live usually because, for one, I, I try not to kill bugs unless I have to or, you know, something like, or I'll try to take them outside, whatever, but I'm not going to lie. I'm sorry to bum anyone out, but if there is a bug sometimes in the house, like, I will just hit it with a shoe, um, but those things are apparently really good to have in your house because they're not strong enough to like puncture human flesh. They, they don't, they're, they're very unlikely to even come near you. They'd probably run away. Um, but they also do kill a lot of other insects, man. This one is huge though. He's just chilling back there, but that doesn't change the fact that they're terrifying looking. And one of them just ran up behind my desk. So I'm just going to keep an eye on it because i definitely can't even get to it right now i just don't want him to come closer oh he's moving he's on the move oh shit oh there he is oh i might have to hold on guys oh man he's getting he's right by my feet now oh i got it uh oh no he's a lot oh shit he's crawling over there oh fuck hold up oh he's way over there now oh but did I get him? I don't want him to be like suffering. Hold on. Stand by. Oh, I think he's dead. I think I got him, but it didn't kill him right away. And then he stopped moving. Ugh. All right. I'm sorry, guys. If any of you people out there are super into insects, I'm sorry you had to hear that. But I did kill a house centipede because it was very close to me. And it was making me uncomfortable. So I'm sorry. Okay. What the hell was I even talking about? I don't know. Oh, the wing nuts. I answered that question of Brody's. And then he was like, oh, dude, I was like just being like an asshole. Like I was just joking. I didn't actually expect you to answer that, but that's actually really tight. So, <laughs> so it was kind of funny. Um, like I thought he was being serious, but apparently he was not at all being serious. I should have known. Also, shout out to Brody because... Uh, he texted me on my birthday to say happy birthday, which was nice. And But he also uh, is in, I don't know, he might be home now, actually. I can't remember. I, I'll text him again and see. But uh, I know that either now or very recently was his first ever tour in Europe. And, you know, Brody's a young kid, and he's been wanting to tour and do this stuff, um, you know, since I met him and I'm very glad to see him like getting opportunities and traveling. And, uh, you know, 
I know it was his first time ever to Europe, so he was very stoked, and that just makes me excited and kind of giddy for him. Um, you know, because when you're when you're young like that, and you get to travel for drumming or whatever it is that you're doing. It is kind of exciting. So I remember the first time I went to Europe very vividly because it was very surreal, especially at that age. Um, so yeah, shout out to Brody. He's killing it. I'm glad he's over there. It looks like he's having a great time on social media. So yeah, hell yeah, Brody, you are sick. Uh, let's see what else. Mm. Uh, oh... Are you still planning to do a video with R. David R.? That's from Blast underscore Bonks. Um, yeah, I am. I actually have the snare shell for it, and I have the wrap for it. Like, I had a custom drum wrap made, and I think I have, I have hoops. I have a snare throw-off. The only thing I need to buy is, like, some lugs. And then, more importantly, I need to hit him up and actually fucking plan a date to go down to Richmond and do it. I think that's where he lives, in the Richmond, Virginia area. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he would... I think he's still down. I just need to hit him up. I haven't... Maybe I'll do that today. I haven't thought about it in a while. Um, the snare and the wrap are in my basement at my mom's house. It's an old snare. It's like an old marching snare that Anoop gave me. And then I patched all the holes. Like, I took wood dowels and wood glued all the holes shut so it's like a solid shell again and uh him and i are going to cut it down and then redo the bearing edges and redrill it and just make a snare out of it you know just for fun um and then we'll probably do like a you know i don't know um like a little video shoot to you know demo it while i'm there um but i need to hit him up like i i'm sure he he seems like a really cool dude and stuff like from every time i've talked to him and I'm pretty sure he'd be down to do it still. I just need to, like, hit him up, and I've been meaning to, and I keep forgetting. So, you know what? I'm really going to try to do that today. I'll keep you updated. Hopefully by the next time by the next time you hear me on this podcast, since I do sometimes take a couple weeks, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll ha hopefully have an update for you. I will try to remember that. Um, let's see. Top five bands. I'm not even going to try to do that. I don't even know, man. I just know Meshuggah's in there. That's all I know. Also, shout out to one of Lee's other best friends, Brooke, who got me a Meshuggah t-shirt for my birthday. That was a gangster gift. And she does not know anything about Meshuggah, I don't think. Uh, but I'm pretty sure she hit up Lee and was like, what should I get him? I want to get him something, which she did not have to do at all. But she wanted to, and that was very, very sweet. And Lee told her, to get that and i love that that's just adorable so <laughs> it's amazing um and it's an older one like she found like a throwback it's like a chaos sphere t-shirt so that's sick um and actually weirdly enough right now i had to change the sheets and do laundry the other day and i didn't have a pillowcase for one of my pillows so i just used the t-shirt because I, I, you know, I have to wash it first anyway before I would wear it. Like, I don't have to, but I like to. But since it was brand new, I was like, oh, I'll just put it on the pillow and use it as a pillowcase for this week or whatever. So right now I'm using a Chaos Sphere t-shirt as a pillowcase. All thanks to Brooke. Thank you. You're a legend. And thank you for coming to my birthday. It was lovely. Um, what else? How did you approach writing for Kin? That's from RJ Tempo. That is uh, the Whitechapel album I played on. Um, I know I've talked about this before, so I'll keep it brief, but I wrote for the song and I wrote with them. You know, For the most part, they would send me material. It had a skeleton of drums programmed like with the feels that they had in mind, and I would go off of those and expand on them, and then we'd go back and forth a bit until we had something everybody liked. Uh, there are a few exceptions, like the ones that made us. That song started out with me transcribing drums, just random drum ideas in a structure. Wade wrote some riffs around them. I think Wade and Zach together did. Um, and then we you know, worked on it from there. So that song's kind of an exception. And then there were some other ones like uh, the first track on the album, I Will Find You. They sent me that song with no drums, and I ended up writing drums completely on my own like without any drum ideas, which they did intentionally. They wanted to see what I would come up with. And uh, 
in the end, we ended up like using a kind of a combination of my drum parts and their drum parts. Like, you know, like the, for lack of a better term, chorus of that song, where I think uh, Phil kind of spells out the world, uh, the world, the word, uh, or he says like, I will find you. And like, it's like, I, and then there's like stuff, will, more lyrics, find. And the drum beat under it's like, that whole thing like i i wrote that kick pattern because you know originally they just had the riff written and i felt like it needed some kind of rhythm to it uh so i kind of just wrote that kick pattern even though it doesn't really go along with anything and they just liked it and it worked and uh i think it kind of makes that chorus bit stronger for sure and I don't know. I really like that song, but yeah, it kind of depended. I mean, at the end of the day though, for that album, I knew there was going to be some tech stuff. So I wasn't really too worried about trying to like fit more techness in. Plus I just don't really care about that as much as I used to. Um, but then I also knew that there were some songs, which there are a number of on that album that are, were going to require me to not be tech. And that would just be very vocal driven and the drums needed to be laid back and I could try to subtly, you know, put some flavor to it, but that it would be a vocal driven song. So, uh, you know, my entire approach for that album just became writing for the song and doing what, whatever was best for the song. And that's what we did. So yeah, I think the end result is cool. Uh, I'm very proud of that album. It's a little bit bittersweet for me because when things kind of started going sour was about the time the album was, about to come out so it was kind of hard for me to be really stoked about it releasing um when i was kind of also in the midst of deciding to resign so yeah but i am still very proud of it and i always will be so um let's see if you designed a custom signature symbol what would it be and that's from ant diluvian john or something um that's a tough question. I don't really know. I really have no idea. I mean, many, many years ago, if you had asked me that, I would have said like that little stack that I used to use um, when I was playing with the faceless, it was on my left side or it was like above my left hi-hat and it was like a 12 inch Generation X filter China with a uh, 10 inch uh, Classics Custom Extreme Metal Splash. And it was on an actual hi-hat thing. It wasn't like a stack that would fit on a normal cymbal stand. Um, it was on like a little Pearl X-hat and then on a Tama X-hat when I switched to Tama. Um, but I liked that stack a lot and I used it for years. And I feel like I got a lot of comments about it too because it was in some of my most viewed YouTube videos. Um, but then at some point I kind of stopped using that one. So I don't know. Um, if I was going to have a signature symbol, I don't know, I'd probably go for like a China or a hi-hat or a ride. But I, I don't know, you know, I don't think is, uh, who knows? Maybe I'm, maybe someday I'll have a signature symbol with mine. I'll definitely, uh, crazier things have happened. I, I feel like I'm not really in a big enough band and I'm not a big enough artist on my own to qualify. Like, like Chris Coleman, right? Like he's not only in a big band, but in the drum world, as like a virtuoso clinician and everything he's just like at you know like no one's no one's sicker than him so it's like of course he has a signature ride and there are other artists that are either in really big bands or are just even more well known like i think considering the niche genre of music that i play people seem to be interested in my work and i appreciate that um but still relatively speaking just being realistic it's still not that big comparatively speaking. So I don't think I'd be getting a signature symbol anytime soon, but I don't know if it ever happens. We'll see. We will see. Uh, mass Mike said long hair again, question mark. No, <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going to do that again. Uh, I don't know. Never say never, but probably not. I really like having short hair. It's so much easier. And I really love going to uh, the barber shop. I love getting my hair shaped up, for real. Um, do you ever get injured practicing double bass drums so much? Uh, that's from T.OAXACA. 
Um, not really. I mean, I I could get sore, I guess. But even that, I don't really get sore anymore. Not that in that way. But, um, yeah, no, not really. Um, I don't know. It's a weird question. I haven't thought about that. But, no, I, I can't really remember a time that I was hurt from playing drums. Well, okay, actually... I do have some nerve damage in my right foot from doing the Whitechapel album, but that's kind of Mark Lewis's fault, <laughs> which I've talked about on here before. It's because he made me play all that shit on a 24, and he wanted me to, like, kick hard as hell playing, like, technical music on a 24-inch kick drum because he was like, oh, it's going to sound sick. We're not going to have to blend any samples. And then in the end, a sample was blended anyway because he wasn't mixing the album. So I was, like, infuriated by that, but... Uh, and I knew that was going to happen, man. I was just like, there's no way there's not going to be a sample at least blended in the kick for this album. But whatever. It's done. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I don't know. That was kind of like a an anomaly, I guess, because I, I was seriously having to kick that hard on a kick drum that big, playing that kind of music with those speeds. I was literally pushing my body to failure over and over and over again. Um and it was not that, that kind of thing. You can hurt yourself. So, you know, but otherwise just day to day, I, I don't think, you know, not so much. Um, do you know anything about conquering dystopia two, which you going to do? Of course, right. Question mark. That's from Dinishary music. Um, I mean, I would hope that I would be doing a conquering dystopia number two, but I haven't really heard anything about it recently. Um, I don't know if Keith is planning something like that or not. We'll see. I, but if, you know, if they do, uh, yeah, I would hope I would be doing it. So, uh, what this comment is also about conquering, but I don't know what it means. Yeah, I don't really get that question. I'm not even going to read it. But, I mean to say more about it i mean yeah i think keith has said i know recently he has said that he wants to do more conquering and i think that's the thing is i think we all want to do more but the stars just haven't always aligned and there have been a couple times where we almost have and then we don't but who knows maybe i'll shoot keith a text and see if uh there's been any update on it um how have you dealt with toxic band members man that's that's something I could spend a whole episode on. Um, you know what? There are still actually quite a lot of questions. I'm even skipping some, but how about this? It's almost 10 a.m. Pretty soon here, I got to get Miss Ma'am up. That's what I call Lee's dog Paisley, or I call her Paisley, but sometimes I'm like, Miss Ma'am. I don't know who's... I think one of Lee's friends said that first, her friend Rachel, and I just thought it was adorable. But I can hear her back there, so I'm going to have to go get her up. So I might call it for today. We're at about an hour. I just want to do a quick episode, say what's up, and then I'll do another one. I'm going to try to do these more frequently. I know I keep saying that, but like, I am trying to get on a more regular schedule with it. So I'll, I'll answer some more questions in the coming weeks. I just wanted to say what's up to y'all, give you a little update. That's pretty much what's been going on in my life. Uh, quick little side tad tidbit. Uh, which is bizarre as hell, but apparently Kanye West was in Frederick, Maryland, like, last night at, like, a Matsutake restaurant in this shopping center that I have been to millions of times, like, very close to my mom's house. Anoop texted me a picture of him there, and I was like, what the actual shit? Like, uh, I don't understand. And apparently he was, like, at some podcast, like, which he like got all pissed off at and left or something. But I don't even like to talk about the guy. Cause like, I mean, he's out of his mind, but like, it was very weird to see that he was in Frederick and somebody I knew was like, Oh, we should go. And I was like, no, I have no interest in seeing that human being <laughs> like, dude, but that was very weird to just get a text from a noob and be like, dude, apparently Kanye West is in Frederick. And I was just like, the hell? Um, but yeah, so apparently that was a thing, which is very odd. But yeah, I don't know. He's had a quite a last couple of weeks. Uh, I don't know. I do not like him. I, I, I don't, I'm sorry to anyone that is a fan or something, but like, 
the things that man has said and done, uh, I don't know. It's crazy. There's a lot of insanity in mainstream media. You know, that's nothing new. It's always that way. But I feel like in the last year, it's just been insane. And I feel like sometimes when I get on my podcast, that's why I don't talk about any of it because it's it's all incredibly exhausting to me and I don't care you know I just don't I don't know when I really think about the state of the world I get like way depressed so <laughs> I'm just gonna ignore that right now and uh go and get the lovely doggo up and give her food and take her outside and give her little kisses because that sounds way better than thinking about Kanye West or anything political or anything in the mainstream media or anything else. So I'm just going to ignore all that and go play with a cute puppy dog. Am I right, guys? <laughs> sounds like a good place to end it. So I'll try to do another episode soon. I feel like there's some shit I am forgetting to tell y'all, but I just was like, you know what? I have an hour, so let me just do a quick episode and I'll answer the rest of the questions and do continued general ranting hopefully in the very near future so that's all for now guys uh much love to you i hope you've all been well uh be safe and if you're in my area and it's getting cold stay warm am i right that's right i love the winter i'm, I'm here for it so yeah all right keep it real much love i'll talk to you guys soon peace